What's up, everyone? It is 2 p.m. on a Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in for this very special live episode of Cannabis Legalization News. Today, we are joined by cannabis lobbyist Mark Pesovich. Hopefully, I got that right. And Candace Clark from Social Equity Empowerment Network. They're going to give us a little bit of insight into what happened with the Illinois Dispensary License Awarding. So uh, let's just get right into it. Miggy, Mark, Candace, and Tom, how are you guys doing? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us, Candace and Mark. Candace, can you please explain to the audience SCENE, what that stands for, what it's about? Yes, SCENE, it is the Social Equity Empowerment Network. It is a group of about 400 social equity applicants. Um, we created a trade association to represent the interests of those applicants. Awesome. Awesome. And, and Mark, Pesovich, uh, right? Pistakovich. Pistakovich, can you please introduce yourself uh, to the audience as well? Well, I just did. Mark Pistakovich. Uh, I am a uh, lobbyist uh, and uh, a consultant who's worked on um, uh, the law as well. The worked on the legislative process of this law and have um, consulted with a number of applicants. How did they fare? Um, yeah. Overall, overall, not well. Yeah, I would say that 97% of the applicants overall did not fare well. Uh, Candace, ha the, how, is, how are the applicants that SCENE represents? Did they have a lot of success? Um, definitely not a lot. We did have, I believe, two separate groups that are in the lottery. Um, but for the most part, no other members out of the 400. Jesus. 400 members. Holy moly. Yeah, that's something else. And what are the odds? Two? Oh, man. Well, the odds, Miggy, because there's 21 teams. And so there was uh, how many? There was like oh, about 700, maybe a little bit more. And then so only 21 of them made it in. And then out of that 21, there's a lot of overlap of ownership uh, with uh, uh, MSOs, they say. And then there's like one seat over ownership. So it's not Verano. It's Verano's owner's best buddy. It's yeah. not GTI. It's GTI's former this council. And so uh, shout out to uh, Grown In and Brad Spears and with the uh, reporting that they'll be doing. But um, Mark, what have you been seeing? What, what about your clients? How, what are they going through? Well, it's not even my clients. I just had a lot of um, folks calling me over the weekend and uh, over the, you know, today and there are just all sorts of things and and as you know i like to put things in two separate buckets one is sort of administrative mistakes and the other one is policy failures and there's room enough to talk about both they're obviously different remedies in the long term there'll need to be additional cleanup legislation and that's getting mobilized um already and um uh it's happening now uh it, and I shared with you an announcement by um, Leader Willis and Representative Ford um, that they put out today, as well as a letter to the governor that they sent uh, with a bunch of questions. So things are already beginning to happen on the longer term administrative front. But in the short term, there were a lot of people who I think um, should have gotten a lot better from the state that they did, not the least of which my main problem is transparency. It, it, like the way I describe the application process, it's sort of the application version of a colonoscopy. It's very, very intrusive. People have to be very honest and 
provide a lot of information, and I just want those grading us to stay to that same standard. Yeah, well, two out of 400 sounds like it's not a good standard at all. No, not at all. <laughs> wow. Two out of 400. Uh, Mark, Candace, have you guys seen scores? Any scores for any applicants? I've seen a few. I haven't seen any. Um, right now, we are just encouraging our uh, members to request their scores. Um, some have not gotten a response. Some say they, they have and that um, they've been told that scores aren't being released right now. So that's just another issue that we've been facing um, just in the matter of transparency understanding like you said the application process and you know whatever the deficiencies were you know when do they get those notices how do they know how to correct it if they want to you know try again in the next round yep yeah and that was one of the things i'm wondering because uh i've seen one score and they were clearly a social equity applicant but they didn't get their points and i'm wondering why not and so uh i'm wondering if everybody who got a 10-day notice how many people who got a 10-day notice did them correctly was that just used to just wholly wipe people out? Because uh, a lot of people got 10-day notices. And then uh, if that didn't go well, that's just an easy, oh, we can put this under that or, or what. But uh, some I know of one team that has gotten their uh, score, and I've seen that. But well, Tom, maybe you can explain, too. Like, First off, this is a, just a round, right? So out of 75 total, this is just 21. There'll be another round, so forth and so on. Correct. So like there's, but there's a round for 75 licenses. And so this is why in the, uh, the course that I'm making right now, uh, I'm going to have legislative amendments to various provisions of the statute that we should sponsor. And those legislative amendments would operate more like what's going on in the craft grows where there's these license caps. So next round, what happens if it's the Verano's best guy's best guy and they have another million dollars that they can throw at this, right? And yeah. so, because then somebody, it could be like nine teams that just come in and take all the licenses, maximize it. But then if there was like, if it was capped at two, so like you could have 10 cumulative, two per round, something like that. Because then if it was two per round right now, there would have to be not 21, but like, you know, 35 uh, people that were there. And that's so much more equitable, so much more equitable than what we have right here. Because it looks like, like you could have just like a game of chance, if you had enough money, you could have gamed the table so that you're walking away with a license. Uh-oh, uh, Mark has gone out. Well, well, well he's uh, figuring it out and still not working, bro. Um, but how does this not look bad? Like, like seven, so right here, Fortune Sun Partners, 17, mentioned 17 times in this document. How does, how does that not look even like a little bit of biasness or a little bit of you know big money oh, oh no it was it's com second. completely biased and it's completely like it's like again uh, like a like a game of math if you have a pot of money over there and and you give me enough time i can tell you how you can get as many licenses as is conceivably possible i mean it's one of those things. so there there are really two issues here two buckets of issues one is mistakes and the other one well policies that need clarification and legislation i think most immediately we need to be focused on the mistakes first before the process goes further the fact is is that the governor can has the power to resolve all this in a couple of days all he's got to do is provide full disclosure of everything 
uh, how this was all done. And I think that's the point that Leader Willis and, and Representative Ford are making is just tell us what happened here. And if you have good answers, let's move on. And by the way, congratulations to all the winners. They, I, you know, I have no reason to believe that they did anything wrong or illegal. That's right. Um, but the point is, is that I, too, Tom, talked to uh, and saw scoring from a clear social equity applicant, somebody who lived at the same address for 15 years and had a pile of taxes and other stuff to prove it. And the interesting thing is, is that they got, they paid $2,500, right? And and their and claimed social equity status, and their application got scored to conclusion without asking them to pay more, right? So that means to me- That's also wrong. Like that's a deke right there. Because right, so, once, once you rejected the social equity applicant, you should have asked for the other 2,500 bucks. Well, so that's exactly right. So again, this application was scored to completion and lost. Uh, this applicant received a, a, a deficiency notice, which they remedied quickly. And again, uh, I'm not a lawyer, but this was a clear-cut case of social equity eligibility. They sent in another pilot uh, paperwork, and they requested and received a receipt from uh, KPMG slash IDFPR. And they were very smart, sophisticated people. Uh, and they had their FOIA ready to go before the application, the announcement even came out. So they got their scoring very quickly on Friday. And the scoring shows no entry for social equity points. Okay, so uh, what do you attribute to, you know, sort of my thing about Springfield is don't attribute to malice that which can be explained to stupidity. I'm not even saying necessarily anybody intended to screw anybody, but like, can you just tell me honestly, did somebody just forget to enter the points after the proof came in? Because if that's the case, that's okay, and we have to deal with it. But to me, it seems like it'd be as simple as that, because it seems to be the same mistake in a number of places. Pure speculation, but uh, I'll take a breath and see what Candace thinks about my speculation. I mean, I, I think examples like that is the exact reason why we have to stop, you know, the, the lottery process. If we don't correct this now, once they dispense the licenses, it just sets us back, you know, the same way that we were at the beginning. So if the true purpose of the legislation was social equity, I just don't think that, you know, moving forward with the lottery is the way to prove that. We need a TRO. And so the TRO stands for a temporary restraining order. And uh, I have seen a couple of lawsuits filed and some of them, uh, they are filed in federal court. One of them was that I saw on Friday and they asked for an injunction. And then, so we're going to try There's, there's gotta be other people that are filing a TRO besides like, cause like my law firm is litigation light in the sense that I do not have litigation support staff. So I would need to work in conjunction with local counsel because the venue clause on these uh, lawsuits has to be very strictly complied with, especially for the administrative review. The administrative review is what they call in derogation of common law. Otherwise, we'd be doing a writ of certiori or something like that. But uh, so you have to follow this procedure explicitly. And uh, to do that, you know, there's there's things that you have to do in like where you file it and what you file. So that's uh, a four count complaint that I've drafted that I'll be going over in, in a course of like, you know, um, a course, a literal course uh, and explaining like how, you know, that. OK, KPMG just interfered with that applicant's contract. 
because that that application is a promise to the state of Illinois that you are going to be in compliance with that. And then KPMG comes along and they botch that. That's on them. That people invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in these applications and their the, life savings, their life savings. And KPMG interfered with that business expectation by grading it incorrectly. Sounds like somebody's got some liability out there and some explaining to do. And so, uh, you know, how can we make the, the, whole, the, the, the people whole that were hurt by KPMG? But then also, how can we get the administrative review process so that the scores can be checked before you sit there and lottery off all these licenses and the damage becomes irreparable? Can, can you guys explain to me, though, too, why? So out of 21 licenses with multiple names, owning multiple licenses, I thought this because you had thousands of applicants. So it could have been easy enough to just give one license per applicant. There were, there were 4,000 unique applications filed by approximately 700 applicants, fully 600 of whom qualified for social equity status. Right. Telling you, man, you give me a couple of quants in a room, I can come up with an algorithm where I can pick like the, the statutory, like the max that I can out of that if I know who to put on my team. And by the way, by the way, the, we're talk, again, to be very, very clear, we're talking about a 21, uh, 21 companies going into a lottery, okay? Right. With some companies having like a gazillion charities that, that they bought. Yeah. You know, and essentially each one, each, each, each fee they paid is an extra lot that they get in sort of the kitty mm. uh, and increase their chances of, of, of being successful. So there are uh, two or three who have had, you know, participation from, uh, you know, again, uh, uh, people we know and, and people we have relationships with, but, but, but those are generally the, the few lots, the ones with lots of lots. A lot of us don't know. Point being, at most, 21 companies will so, get 75 licenses. It's likely, mathematically, to be less than that. Damn. That's some bullshit. Uh, well, the the problem really is that they want to do it so quickly that, you know, you could irreparably injure these people. And then think about it. Are they going to apply next round if they think it's rigged? No. Why am I going to invest my life savings again, state of Illinois? You already took it from me once, you know, shame on you. But then like if they wait. And so that's why I really hope that uh, Kathleen Willis and LaShawn Ford's letter is, is heard and well received to the, but to the governor because nobody's prejudiced if they don't hold the lottery right now. And uh, you know, those when I'm like, that's that guy gets in the two, the people are like, is this going to be a class action? I'm like, probably not. Uh, but if it is, it would cleave on two things. Do you have social equity veteran status? And then do you have just social equity status? If you have social equity veteran status, you're operating on a different plane. And so like in that one, you should say me too. Like I'm also perfect. I should be in the lottery. But then if you're operating on the social equity, you know, regular social equity status, then you have to start knocking the people that want out. For example, one of the requirements is uh, the, the $2,500 application fee. You also had to not be earning enough money to hit that. So like if your team is- Thousand, yeah. 
I, I'm really, really sorry. And by the way, I'm, the mainly why I interrupt is because I think I'll forget something interesting. Uh, but right. uh, there's actually something in the contract, uh, I believe, with KPMG, which essentially gives um, the state a mass discount. And, and you know, I, others can decide how to interpret this. But apparently, and again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm uh, calling on everyone seeing this to go out and figure it out for themselves. I don't, you know, want to be fake news, but from what I understand, the contract for KPMG said the first application for an applicant, your scoring, we will charge you the full fee. Every subsequent application that's the same for the same applicant, just a duplicate we will score at half price. Oh. I'll, I'll just stop right there. Let's see. Bulk discounting. It's now, this was a no-bid contract that KPMG got, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, and it's like, you know, fine. Let it be the, the white guy that has to ask. But were there no uh, minority accounting firms in Illinois that could do the job? Not only that, this is KPMG is a German. It's one of the big four, and they're they're in a German uh, financial professional company, an accounting firm. You know, math nerds and accounts. And so, uh, but how much does KPMG know about the cannabis industry? Yeah, is this just a model on a model? You know, and so like, is that what they did? Is they they created a a model for what they believe is a good uh, cannabis company? What personal knowledge do they have of the cannabis industry to create that model? You know, you know, uh, Candace made a point in the uh, the side room here uh, that in her group, uh, members spent over a million dollars in this process, and that ain't come back. I yeah, mean, this I wanted to say that um, when you mentioned irreparable damage, I mean that's been done in a lot of ways for you know our members. They you know they won't be able to recoup that money or try again next time. That's it. That's the end of the line. You know what you guys are experiencing right now is the same thing in Washington. When we went from medical to 502 recreational, lots of people invested in money in, uh, you know, like specific land plots because they had to have a land. They had to have a, 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 a brick and mortar before they could apply. And they just lost it because of moratoriums or uh, uh, just because they lost the license. They didn't even get it. You know, uh, and that's some legacy people as well. So, you know, this, this is not... Uh, I think Oregon did it the best when it was just a turnkey, when they went from medical to uh, recreational. If you were medical before, now you're recreational. And that's the way it should be. It's part of what's sad is, is that up until, you know, a handful of days ago, we were talking about Illinois as the gold standard, not Oregon. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys have the, the, the social equity, uh, you know, the, the what's the, uh, the thing that pays back that gives loans to people, you know, applicants? You know, it all sounds beautiful on paper. But uh, when, you know, and, and is anybody following the money? Because uh, I, I showed Tom, I posted his video on, on Reddit, and somebody made a, a, a comment about the, uh, the Fortunate Sons. And then a quick Google search, it says here they're based in South Carolina. I just, uh, you know, is anybody looking to do this? 17 licenses. Well, uh, that, 
Okay, Fortunate Sons LLC is that might not be them. That, that's that just might be the one that's an LLC in Illinois. Mm. You know, and so like those 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 people just made that company up. To be honest, all of the applicants were LLCs. All of them were just made up. Some of them were like made up shell corps. And so like you know, it was it's kind of all behind the scenes more than that. And then it's it's all the contracts that are stacked into some of those exhibits that were out there that were scored. And um, you know, it would it'd be great to see like what the state of Illinois liked. And if they had that transparent process where everybody can see like, okay, this missed because of that, that missed because of this, um, I just, that's just so much more fair. I don't understand why they have to have the winners and then immediately go to the lottery so fast, you know, when they could have an administrative appeal. State government, state government's open today. We should already know all these things. Yeah. And as a group, you know, we don't want to speak to anything but facts. And that's, you know, why in our press conference, you know, we were just requested transparency. And that's it. We, we don't want to make any allegations. We want, don't want to look at things that are floating on the Internet and believe that, you know, and make any assumptions. You know, yeah. if this is the correct process and it was handled correctly, then it shouldn't be a problem sharing that process. 100 percent. Right. It just so fucked up. Just to confirm with the lawyer, Tom, there is nothing in the law that would preclude the governor from throwing the doors open right now, right, and sharing everything. I have no idea. Like, you know, that's the weird thing. I know that the administrative, like, I don't know if he has the standing to be able to do it, to be honest, because, you know, the people that might, that might be more along the lines of this particular provision in the law right here. Ah, crap. It says edit display name, add stream. Okay. And so that's uh, section 55 of, uh, yeah, section 5555, the review of the administrative decisions. And so this is a decision that whether or not you were on that magical document that said you were perfect and a winner, uh, that was an administrative decision that's subject to this administrative lo uh, law. And so then I'm like, all right, well, uh, then I had to look this up. This is what they call an ickle. And so you go to a smart book to see like how you procedurally do this because you have to make sure that you exhaust all the administrative remedies before you go ahead and sue on that. And that's all in this new course that I will talk about at a later date here. But um, yeah, so if you were if you were an applicant, uh, you have standing to say, hey, hang on a second. But I don't know if uh, the governor has the ability to direct I mean, like, I mean, he could because it's his administration. They could say like, all right, don't hold that. But then, you know, it's one of those things where you told them to hold it. So what's he going to do? We'll see. Now, with the, uh, the pending, uh, like I saw, there was a, the minority group that, you know, asked the, in the, uh, the governor to hold off on this, uh, the issue and the licenses and whatnot. I mean, doesn't this, in the end, just pause your guys' recreational market overall? Like, the KNG messing up like the way they did. Is that KPG? K, the, the German group? KPMG. KPMG. But I mean, the, the fact that they're, you know, screwed this up, will it slow your recreational market from happening? Because yeah. everybody's going to be debating. So this whole. Yes, yes, but it doesn't have to stop it for long. And, and I want to be clear on this. Number one, uh, again, the remedy to this whole thing is not in the courts. That's what got us to this point, it's hiding behind the lawyers and the state lawyers and, and, and consultants. And I think what the remedy is is just sunshine. So the, the, a lot of these answers are open. Who, you know, who graded these for TPMG? I don't see why we shouldn't know that. We, the taxpayers, paid for that contract. 
you know, what was the directions given to KPMG from their boss slash customer, the state of Illinois? Mm -hmm. The state, you know, I would assume the state of Illinois has full legal control of their work product. And all that could be, uh, you know, the governor doesn't need anything. He would be in the right to say, hey, come on in. Everything passes the uh, smell test. And, and therein lies the problem that, that this was supposed to be an open process, an inclusive process, where lots of little people got to uh, sit at the table. And I don't think it was like that. Yeah. I agree with you. But then, you know, it's, it's one of those things, if you just, what if he doesn't? You know, and so like if you're one of those people that uh, applied and you want to secure your rights and they put that into the statute, the administrative appeals process right there, you may have to file an action. You might have to do something to make them not hold it because uh, they could just go through and do it. I mean, they, that's that's the one thing. So if you look at the uh, the winners that came out on uh, September the 3rd and then you read it, it says they had to wait uh, five business days. And so that will expire on Friday. Uh, so by next Monday, they could have the lottery and the state has mentioned that they intend to have they, they will announce a date and have the lottery later this month is what they said. I heard gossip that was moved up to tomorrow, but I don't know that to be. True. Oh, that they can't. They can't be by their own rule that they said. I mean, that would just uh, people would go even more apoplectic than they are right now, I bet. You guys just pulled in, I think, what, 60 million last month with yeah. what, what you have now. So that extra 20 licenses would add how much more? Well, it's not 20, it's 75. And we, well, should, I mean, yeah. and we should hand them out quickly. Again, all of this, there should not be a delay. There shouldn't be a protracted fight in the courts. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that the governor can do. He holds all the cards. He could go to each of the 21 winners and say, hey, we'll give you a dispensary license right now, one, you get to have one for sure if you agree not to sue us for a certain amount of time. And they were, they had that same kind of solution for pensions in Illinois, preferred considerations. It will give you this if you don't hold us to that. Uh, so, you know, give them all something so that everybody who deserves to be a winner becomes a winner automatically yeah. and, and go up and, and, and resolve this very, very quickly. So, Again, the only thing that limits this is state lawyers and imagination. I think you're right, Mark. It's a, it's a difference of uh, one license and having a million dollars right now versus light lawsuits and not and having shit. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, like that's the thing. We're gonna have to see how they do it. But then, if they, if those are their guys. You know, I mean, I heard that this list of winners was transmitted in like August, like, you know, uh, like a week or so before it came out. So they saw who was there, you know. Wow. Makes no sense. Yeah. It seems like blatant corruption is just right there. <laughs> well, and you know what? I actually doubt that it is, but... Um, I mean, who can blame anyone for, you know, again, I, my old motto is don't attribute to malice that which can be explained by stupidity. Um, and I'd rather call someone stupid than a criminal, I guess. Not that people necessarily deserve either a uh, label, given that, you know, I, I've not won any IQ tests lately either. But 
point is, is that it's not, you know, it's not that this has to be in any way intentionally illegal or harmful in order for it to be both. I understand. I just feel whenever there's money, it's going to be malice. Mm. There's there's motive. Whenever there's this much money on the line, there's motive. Yeah. Mm. How would you like a million dollars? You have my attention. Uh, and so it, it's it's a lot of motive. But then, I mean, they have a, a process where they can try to get who what my actually score was, why it was what it was, so they can kind of figure those things out. I mean, it's and. and what about that social equity veteran that was denied that should have been on the bus? I mean, like, and yeah. what about that guy? You know, that, that kind of sucks. And I actually wanted to uh, ask everybody, I, I'd be really curious to hear what Candace has to say. And, and that's sort of the, about the juxtaposition of Illinois resident, um, social equity eligible veteran. Um, I don't, you know, it's sort of, I don't want to be uh, crass, but a few of us refer to those kinds of uh, applicants as unicorns, you know, because mm. I saw a lot of places where, uh, you know, look, if you are going to uh, encourage people who have had problems with the law to apply for this legislation, then you, in fact, know that they're not going to be veterans, most likely. Okay, so these things are just antithetical to each other because there are, you know, and by the way, do I think veterans ought to get an advantage? Absolutely. But it could have been done in a way where we encouraged even more veterans to participate by doing something like we did for labor unions, where if you have a labor peace agreement, you get an extra five points. So every applicant is going to go out and and find a great veteran partner to work with. And there'll be more veterans in the game than there are with this 51% stuff. And nobody has to complain. And it's not going to be, you know, sort of one value of social equity pitted against veteran status. That's just patently unfair. Yeah. Go ahead, Candace. I mean, I think and even deeper than that, when you think about the way that the legislation was presented, it was presented as you know, a, a way to repair the damages done by the war on drugs to the communities that were affected the most. So that would be the black and brown communities that are in these underserved areas. So if you think about it that way, then maybe it could have been a, a situation where the, the social equity status was tiered or, or weighted, you know, in a different way so that we don't automatically, whether knowingly or, or unknowingly, marginalize the same groups that we're saying that we're trying to help. Right. Because the, the points for the social equity were like a light switch. You get them all, you get zero. And right. a lot of the points were like that. You get them all, you get none. And so I think that that uh, would have been able to build more uh, social equity into it. And then I don't I didn't like the the whole gamifying of the uh, application process because there was a license cap and everybody wanted to max out. Everybody wanted to like everybody who could max out wanted to max out. Who could max out? Right. And, you know, because of that, that's 10. And then there's 17, I believe, uh, regions that you can put a ticket in. And so, you know, it gets very expensive to apply for that really, really quickly. And then I think the growers, the craft growers, we should see a lot more. Hopefully we see a lot more equity simply because there's a strict license cap of one. And I just wanted to let everybody know, little commercial, that uh, State Representative LaShawn Ford, 
who's really become uh, involved in this and could be a real leader for social. Oh, Mark, on mute. Mark's on mute again. All right, is he back? <laughs> he wasn't kidding about yeah. SPC. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, this is one of the reasons why I am on a Mac computer. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm prattle on about Macs all the time. But I think you guys have a great point about transparency, though. If you guys understood how KPNG was rating those applications, then you can figure out why. How many, uh, Candace? How many of your 400 members in the scene have gotten a copy of their scores? I am not sure right now, but I can get that information and let you know. Um, I haven't heard of any one group that has gotten their scores yet. Yeah, that's how they delivered it. That's how they serve the news. They're like, "Oh, you're not on the list." Well, what's my score? And then some people have now gotten their scores, but it's just uh, it was a it was a data table, and so it was like two lines: uh, your score. Perfect score. That was it. Like, so like this number doesn't match that number. And then it's like, well, why? Because it's a 30 page application like exhibit that that didn't have the right number. And some of them are, are like 50 or zero for the social equity. And you're like, wait. And it's and 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 it's unfortunate that like really there is no venue for saying, was that a, an honest mistake or what's the reason for this? But what I did want to say is is that uh, State Representative LaShawn Ford is going to be on Fox News apparently at 4.20 today, or at least that's ironically uh, enough. what it yep. is, his latest email is talking about some of what he's been doing today um, uh, and some of what he's found out. I'd encourage people to tune in. Well, who contracted KPNG? Like, how did that process come about? Can't we? Isn't there a recourse and just be like, yo, give us your paperwork? <laughs> well, I think we could probably get a copy of the contract, but it was a no bid contract. Now, you know what? Again, I don't blame the, but I, I don't blame the administration for wanting to do this quickly and even necessarily handing out a no bid contract once they, they determined that this is the right entity to do the work. But my question is, what were their criteria for choosing this particular entity? What expertise did this contractor have on cannabis retail operations or social equity? Um, and, you know, for that matter, I'd really be curious, what was the uh, diversity composition of the scorers? Um, you know, heck, all these questions would be, the state would ask us all of those questions if it was part of the application, they wouldn't mind. It's a, Tom, we got a question. Uh, how can applicants get their scores? Just email the IDPFR and say, hey, what, what was my score? Can you please give me that? And then uh, they may give it to you. It might take some time. And then, it, again, like, I haven't seen a fully graded application. I've just seen a score tablet. I'm glad this is primarily an opinion show, but isn't it ironic? Well, at least when I'm on, I guess it is. But uh, isn't it ironic that, that the state should have probably provided technical assistance to social equity applicants on how to FOIA their own information? Yes. Well, did you see that the, uh, the incubator program was completely worthless? The incubator program that all these... Uh, operators in the state put on 
evidently not one of them, or, or maybe maybe a paltry two. How many of the incubators actually got in? Because I thought that I read on Grown In that none of them got in. None of them. Even that. I mean, not to say anything like I said it was intentional, but are you going to incubate your competition? That, that was just personally my thought. It, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I guess I, I can't speak uh, for the in, for an entire industry, nor do I uh, presume to. But on the other hand, there are a lot of us who think there's plenty of money sloshing around, and that we're in the first inning. And frankly, we can make more money by spreading it around. I've always said I'd rather uh, split a million dollars ten ways than keep zero all to myself. So I would say that look. I don't know about that. I don't know what people's motivations were, but I do know that there are a lot of people like me who are affiliated with the industry who figured, hey, if people have to get licenses, and they do, why not actually do the right things with this stuff? So I think that the industry was very invested. And look, everybody had their own personal interest in love because if I'm cultivating or incubating a dispensary, that's a relationship for that dispensary to carry my cultivation product among other things. So this could have been done perfectly right with everybody achieving maximum self-interest. Um, and it's just unfortunate that even the best of intentions from really good people who I would say really gave a crap, um, like myself, uh, are, you know, we're really, really disappointed. Most of the people that I'm disappointed on are not uh, even people who really could afford to hire me as a consultant because they'll live to fight another day. But uh, the people I help for free who spend a lot of money anyway, that's who I'm worried about. Transparency is definitely needed for you guys just to have an understanding of why, you know, you know, this industry doesn't need to start. You guys don't need to start off your rec market uh, expansion with questions and doubt and, uh, you know, perhaps even like hate against a brand for making it last longer with their lawsuits or whatever. I don't know. I mean, what's uh, so it. I mean, the governor ha has the option to finally just say, okay, let's, 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 what are you guys hoping would happen though? When, when the governor had to deal with COVID, he was incredibly uh, forceful and smart and really it, it showed incredible leadership in leading the state in the right direction. And I actually credit governor JB Pritzker and his administration for saving lives. I'm not saying they did everything right, but he did what he thought was right based on the merits. And he fought to the depth in the course and otherwise to uphold that which he thought was right. If he thinks this is the certain state of events is right, then he'll do nothing. If he doesn't think it's right, you know, I'm not saying this is COVID, but I'm saying, uh, again, this could be just a major fiasco and one way to fix it and nip it in the bud is to do what I say, fess up, step up and clean up. Uh, and I think that's the best way forward. Yeah, definitely. I would say, um, like I said, transparency, the immediate release of all scores as well as the scoring rubric. 
um, as well as uh, transparency in the ownership. You know, there have been questions. So, um, you know, if, like he said, it's, if everything's okay and everything was done to the standard that it should have been, then it shouldn't be a problem with being transparent about that. And then lastly, I mean, there's 75 licenses. So if nothing else, 75 different entities should get a license. I agree. Well, then maybe next round, you know, again, this is a brand new law and uh, you can try to get an amendment to the caps. And so like next round, maybe it's just one. And if that's if you only had one shot to get a license, uh, OK, how many how many applications are you going to put in? Thirty eight. You're not going to put in thirty eight. You're going to be able to put in one just like the craft growers. Well, I'll make a I'll make an offer to Candace right here right now and that is a i'm a registered lobbyist um i would be happy to um represent um or help represent scene for free uh in springfield so you guys have a seat at the table not sure you need me you have very many skilled well-connected people um at the table so i don't know that you need you know this uh, loud mouthed little fat boy to represent this, uh, you know, uh, white fat boy to represent this uh, group of people who really have a lot at stake. But I will tell you, there are a lot of us who care deeply, who want to do whatever we can. And again, there are two separate issues here. One is, what are we going to do about the 75? Mm -hmm. um, but Illinois law, as it's currently written, permits up to 500. Okay. So, there again we're in the first inning they're going to be a lot more and that's why i really think very strongly that the current industry that the current big players in illinois are very very interested in cultivating relationships with others coming into the industry what i'm saying is, is in the long term it's not their self-interest to be exclusive and i think frankly the industry would support uh you know, a fair shot to, and, and there are a lot of things that can be done to make people hope. For example, a nice start would be uh, to say, hey, maybe they don't have to pay uh, an application fee in the next round or in the next two rounds so that they don't have to, they can use a lot of the same application they have now. They can improve it and tweak it over time. And there is no additional cost to them to re-entering the fray as disappointed and skeptical as they might be. So there, there, there are things we need to do now about the 75 that we can do. We can do quickly. We then need to move on and very quickly deal with craft grow because Illinois needs supply. The bottom line is, is that I'm a consumer um, and a self-diagnosed patient. Uh, I guess I like paying taxes, but... Uh, uh, but You're not growing, I, th right? I, I think <laughs> I, I think uh, I don't have time. I'm too busy listening to disappointed uh, applicants. But um, uh, you know, the the fact is is that we consumers are benefit from lots of choice and lots of activity in this market. We don't even have the supply, so all this has to be done quickly. Craft grows have to. Uh, you know, what we have right now is some people might get dispensary licenses and not have much to sell. Uh, you know, so uh, the smaller companies that are not connected to this wide network 
Um, if, you know what? I'll just shut up because I see Candace nodding. So I want to make sure that Candace, anytime you want to tell me to shut up, please do so. Please speak oh, up. <laughs> no, definitely. I appreciate that. And um, we can connect after this for sure. Sweet. Yeah. Hey, Tom, we got a question about uh, do you know if the uh, craft infusion license will be announced? Yeah, they will be. When? I don't know. Give me like a crystal ball. You know when they'll be announced? When I'm in the middle of a call with something else that I'm supposed to be concentrating on. That's when they'll be announced. And so, good. Now you know. Uh, I will be I, very, I, very hard at work. And then suddenly my phone will just go like, do, 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 do. Like, I can okay. almost guarantee you because I'm going to be out of town for a lot of next week traveling and out of cell range at some point. I can That's guarantee right. you that it will happen sometime next week while I'm out of town. But you guys feel it'll be within close within this recent announcement and then craft grows? I think craft grows is a chance for them to redeem themselves because Department of Agriculture is oh. a totally, totally separate agency with a totally separate administrative process. Uh, again, there are issues like, so I believe, and again, Tom, Candace, you guys are experts who correct me if I'm wrong, but the craft grow application process actually has an appeal procedure. Yeah. Right. There's a way to go back and look at it while the IDF, you know, the, 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 the dispensary process does not. So you have a situation in effect where it is much cheaper for a small business or an average family with, uh, you know, a, a pass that has been impacted by the war on drugs. They're much more likely to come up with, you know, a million dollars to try to open a dispensary than five or ten million dollars to open a craft gross. The application fee itself is what a sixth, a sixth of, uh, you know, the, the the dispensary fee is much smaller than the craft grow fee, and yet with the craft grow process, I think that was very thoughtfully done. Um, there is, uh, 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 there seems to be a very different set of rules, and I think, uh, you know, KPMG would have had to grade them differently on the merits. So I think the it is potentially possible that there, are, you know, that even between remember dispensary applications went first. So mm -hmm. I mean, for dispensary applications, we had things like the department re needing to re needing to reissue its application because oh. nobody could understand what the hell they meant by their, uh, uh, you know, extra credit provision, which gave like three crazy options, and it wasn't clear for what you could do. They had to issue a second version of an application um so i think the craft goes should come soon and i think this is a real opportunity for the state to say you know we might have done this better but we really did learn by the time we did this hopefully candace, candace doesn't look hopeful <laughs> candace and mark thank you so much for joining us today uh before we go you know is there anything that just us normal cannabis consumers in Illinois can do to help this process go along? Or is it just tweeting? Do we have to tweet? Do we have to call our representatives? What can we do? Um, definitely call your representatives. Um, I will also encourage you to check out cannaempower.org. That is the official website for the Social Equity Empowerment Network. Um, you can reach us at hello at cannaempower.org. Awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask where we can find you. We'll throw the, that link in the description. Mark, where can we find or follow what you got going on? Uh, you can 
follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn if you just Google my name. It's, uh, there's not a lot of uh, those last names out there, so you can find me. But uh, I would also say the most important thing to do is to find the governor, J.B. Pritzker, on social media and make sure that you know that all we ask of him is full disclosure, just like he asked of us when we were applying. Word. All right. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you.